we are the technology that we've been waiting for. Welcome to Unraveling Midlife. I'm your host, Sarah Spence. Thanks for joining me as I explore my own astrological midlife by speaking with all sorts of inspiring people about their life and work and having a chat about what happened in their astrological midlife that helped them get to where they are today. Astrological midlife relates to Western astrology transits that run from your mid-30s to your mid-40s for every human. Each of the four main midlife transits have an overall theme, though details vary by generation and by individual, discussed in episode 9. For me, I'm right in the middle of these four main midlife transits, and I'm learning lots along the way, especially from my guests on the show. If you're new to the show, welcome. And even if you're not, welcome back. You can follow me on social media as Sarah Marlowe Spence. And you're welcome to subscribe to this podcast if you haven't already. So the interviews can go for a while and at the end there's a special bonus of some of my original music. There's a link to my website in the show notes where you can find details of upcoming events which often include kirtan, joyful chanting, dream workshops and perhaps even uh, a gig of another sort that's singing but not kirtan. We might even hear one of the tracks that has been in other episodes on the show. There's an extra special workshop coming up. It's a shamanic dream journey day workshop. Of course, there'll be some sort of singing as well in there. And it's coming up in mid-August in collaboration with Georgia Maestri of Willow Therapeutic. But for today, my guest today is many things. A creative somatic practitioner, a tarot facilitator, a vision keeper, a classical tantra practitioner, and, and I can highly recommend this, a hair brushing facilitator. I've known Annalise Kugler since I returned to Aotearoa, New Zealand in my 20s after my big OE. And that's when many Antipodeans live abroad for their overseas experience. Ever since I met her, I've observed Annalise following her many varied creative urges and following through to share them with the world. She is shockingly funny, straight up, and really entertaining to listen to. Here she is. Annalise, welcome to Unraveling Midlife. Cool, let's unravel it. <laughs> yeah, let's unravel it, for sure, for sure. Um, tell us about you. Me. Oh, little old me. I'm a, I, I, li- I like who I am. I'm an interesting person, um, I think. I would generally would say that I'm quite an interesting person. I interest myself, which is great, you know. Um, might be why I'm still single, fellas. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm an interesting person. I grew up in Aotearoa, and I'm 100% uh, convinced I incarnated here for a purpose, for, for, for everything that Aotearoa offers. Um, so I've got a rich, uh, beautiful, rich um, history and relationship with this land. Um, I grew up on a farm in South Auckland, Tamaki Makoto. And um, that was a beautiful introduction to mud, bush, water, clean air, um, and cultural diversity, and not just cultural diversity, but social cultural diversity. Um, And then I came to to the city to go to school, and I went to a private school girl, uh, private girl school, and um, boy was it a culture shock you know it's like wow this is so interesting and this kind of um relating through through constructs that I didn't quite understand because how what I understood the world to be was you just you know you take your shoes off and you hone and you have a good time um and you help each other out um so 
that relationship with nature uh, has sort of nourished me and supported me in, in everything that I've done. And I started um, my career as an artist because that's what they sort of did with neurodiverse people when we were young is, well, we don't understand them, so we'll just call them artists. Um, which was fine, you know, like that's great. And being an artist is great because you, we get we get to be creative and we get to explore different, um, you know, mediums of creativity. And I think ultimately I am a creative being. Oh, I mean, ultimately we all are creative beings, right? Mm. Um, but that gave me that capacity to, to play with that. And also, so my final year at university was, <clears throat> I was kind of interested in, uh, was it possible to create objectively? So was it possible to be a conduit for creativity, pure creativity rather than subject creativity? Um, which was my, my tutors hated. <laughs> they were like, we don't understand what you're talking about. And, you know, I desperately wanted them to understand. And then, you know, retrospectively, I look back and go, oh, well, my art tutors didn't understand me. Tick that's a kind of a win for art school. That's a win, you know, that, that's a win. Um, but I quickly put the art world down because it, again, it was too much of this construct of how to be and how to be in relationship to people, how to be in, too many rules, right? Um, and then I became a mum because that kind of gave me license to check out a little bit um, and check into, you're right, seriously, you know, check check out of the world a little bit and then check into uh, love, check more into love and a grounded relationship um, that was based in sort of truth and <clears throat> nature. And um, at that time, I was so fortunate. I met a wonderful woman called Juliet Fort, who is uh, a yoga teacher. And I used to go to her yoga classes for sanity. And she said to me, do you want to teach? And I said, yes, please. And that was the start of my yoga teaching career. And that was 20 years ago. Um, and I taught uh, under her as a little minion for many, many years. And then I went and did my training, da-da-da. And what yoga gave me was the capacity to articulate the somatic experience. So as a child, <clears throat> I was always dancing, <clears throat> jumping, climbing, flipping, stunts basically, riding my bike, riding my horse in my body. And as a communicator, you know, an artist and a communicator, that's sort of why they channeled me off that way because I could talk a lot <clears throat> and acting as well. Um, but then to have that somatic experience, yoga teaching was perfect because they married these two things together. And I could talk about the internal somatic experience. And that's been the foundation for <clears throat> all of my work. That's been the foundation for uh, how I experience the world, how I understand truth. Um, it's interesting because the body's meta almost metaphorical to everything that I learn spiritually or is it the other way around? I'm not sure. Um, <clears throat> you know, well, what, what's the metaphor for what? Or if they're actually all the same things happening, just in different uh, compartmentalized realities that we do with our brain. Um, so yeah, I would say that I'm a creative somatic practitioner, I guess. Um, one of my favorite things to do is I do a project called Moving Amonga, which is we I take a group of people up the mountains of Tamaki of Auckland, and we go up there and we resource our bodies with gestures from the mountain. And then we distill them down into um, an offering that we give back to the monga to say, we see you. Um, so that's one of, you know, that's one little thing that I love and do and love. Um, I dance all the time. I guide people through journeys into their bodies, into their health, um, yeah, I guess, I mean, yeah, I mean, there's, I do so many things. I do so many things um, because I'm constantly in that space of creativity, constantly receiving. And I actually had a, a crash last week where I was like, I just, it's too much to hold, you know, it's too much. There's so much mercurial energy coming, you know, that fast, creative, 
And I was just like, whoa, <laughs> could barely keep up with myself. And I think that's part of why I teach these kind of um, cleansing programs and um, sort of sadhana practices, things that, that clear our channel is because I believe that for myself personally and for the people I work with as we're creating capacity now to bring in as much creativity and as much light to transcend the shit that we're in. And fundamentally, I believe that I have come here with a purpose. Um, I, and that purpose isn't to clear karma. Um, I chose, I believe I chose a bloodline to come in to help clear. Um, but I've got a purpose over and beyond my own soul's need. And I see that quite a lot in, in my friends. Um, and when I, so with all of this magnificence and interesting being that I am, long story short, Jesus, um, peace be upon him. Uh, I even ask myself that question. I'm like, what am I doing? Who am I? And what am I doing here? And do you know the answer dropped like a liquid gold into my brain and said, you are a vision keeper of the future. And I went, okay, I can live with that. And um, just, just last little bit of this intro, I was in Austin, Texas, and this does relate to my midlife, so we'll get to there, but um, I was talking to this guy and I was telling him that exact story and this cowboy walks past and he goes, ha, I bet you that doesn't pay much. <laughs> <laughs> to which I absolutely peeled in laughter because um no it doesn't really pay very much um <laughs> but there we are <laughs> you know it's um it's interesting though because in that respect um it in the past it hasn't paid much just because it's not we don't value those types of things um but I think the value system on the planets is starting to shift and these these more subtle realms are starting to really be um, uh, desperately needed and and desperately appreciated, appreciated, desperately needed and appreciated and and sought after more. So there's a, a new skill set coming in, and I've always said that I've just been waiting for the language of what I do to evolve in society, cultural a cultural uh, vocabulary that can. Um, and it's coming, a common language. I can see it now. You know, people have these words that I've been waiting for them to have. So I can say that word to them and then know, and then know what I mean. Um, you know, somatic, for, for example, you know, somatics is, is the, um, or introspection, the ability to observe the body from the inside. You know, I can say that in a sentence without everyone going, huh? Occasionally someone will go, oh, what does that mean? And you go, oh, it's blah, blah, blah. And they go, oh, yeah, sweet. Um, and part of what I educate people to as well is, is bringing them up to date on this vocabulary. It's like using terminology like holding space. What does that mean? It means this, you know, um, creating the container, taking the journey, um, you know, all of the words. Anyway, in a nutshell, <laughs> that's me, Sarah, and it's so nice to be here um, because I've listened to your podcast since the beginning. Oh, yay. <laughs> And so as a vision keeper of the future, I was just, I was thinking about what I know that your offerings are, and I know that it's such a broad subject as you've kind of told us, um, but some of the more kind of concrete things that you've been doing recently, and I love how you kind of, you end up getting creative and then doing something different so I knew know that you do like online cleanses with groups a couple times a year correct me if I'm wrong there might be a little bit more um and that you've taught yoga for years since probably since you had to explain to people what yoga was which isn't an issue anymore uh and uh and then recently you've really got into the tarot and you're taking people through tarot journeys as well like with that online medium and probably in person as well is that a, a bit a snapshot of kind of what you're currently offering yeah, so I, I, um, I think lockdown happened, right? <clears throat> and I had this moment where nature and I just had a, a massive giggle because a, a piece dropped in my mind and it was, you know, I've been trying to fit into the society. You know, I've been trying to work out how to fit myself into that. And I was hanging out with nature one time, just leaning back. And it occurred to me that 
I, it, it wasn't that I didn't fit in there. It's that it didn't fit in me, right? Mm. And me and nature are the same thing. There's a little tiny speck of me that isn't nature, but the rest of me is all nature. And I laughed because I was like, oh, cool. I don't have to try and fit in in there anymore. And that's when I started to um, really syncopate. Is that the word? Syncopate my work. Is that the word? I don't know. Syncopate. Keep keep going on the sentence okay. and then I can tell syncopate. you. <laughs> yeah. Syncopate my work with the greater rhythms of nature. Does that sound right? Yep. Cool. Um, notorious for making up words as well. So. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's a word. <laughs> yeah, no, that is definitely a word. I just don't know if it's the right context. Um, I, I love learning, man. I'm just like, you know, teach me something in it that I'm interested in and I'll light up. Um, but yeah, so I was like, how do I, how do I, you know, syncopate my life? Because also I'm neurodiverse. So holding myself in alignment to something that is outside of myself like my work is really hard has been re almost impossible um so i've what i've started doing and since 2021 is anchoring my work into yeah as i said the tides and times of of nature so the cleanse programs that i do <clears throat> the october cleanse and the april cleanse they're around that transitional spring and autumn so it sets me up. I'm like, okay, cool. That is anchored into my life. I do that every year. And I've I've actually, I've been doing it before, before 2021, but that was when I started offering Match the World because I could really see the value in, in, in such a strong marker um, moving into what I consider like the, the sort of the more, um, the, the yin period. So I look at summer as actually a yin period and winter is a yin period and those transitional periods is quite a yang period that's kind of there's more room for action whereas we want to go out in summer and hang out and we want to go inside in winter so it's kind of yinny um and then <clears throat> and then i this so this year was my goal my goal was to work out a year structure with my business that i could rest into so work out actually no i started last year but this was the year that i really go okay does it work there? And so, <clears throat> sorry, I um I have a uh, a practice called well a course called reentry, and that's about coming into the body after trauma, um and that landed in August. So it kind of was this beautiful segue. Matariki came, and then and then I picked up into reentry about reoccupying the body after you know age trauma accident lifestyle like how do we actually get back in um and and that landed so beautifully in that period sort of after matariki because um yeah i just watched i watched this this program come in i was like oh that's amazing and then um so that'll always sit there that's what i'm looking for in my life is this balance where it, the thing that I teach, the thing that I hold, the, the container I create and the journey I'm holding, it corresponds to the natural cycles. And so it kind of just made sense that um, I invited people into my tarot experience. So I've been reading tarot since, you know, freaking 21 or something. Um, and I, I do this lunar trip. And I was like, why don't I bring people in on that trip? Because it's so cool and exciting to, um, because Tara is really, as you know, Sarah, Tara is really um, aligned with astrology. Now I'm not an astrologer. I'm interested, <laughs> um, but we can't, I can't be all things to all people. <laughs> but, but that said, you know, as soon as we start working with the tarot, we start to understand that they're astrologically aligned. And then it just happens that it's like oh yeah i understand like that this is happening in the stars and this is what i'm seeing in the cards and it's all kind of relating and it's the what do you call that it's the unit the jigsaw of the universe that somehow i feel like for me i'm here to to play and put together and i and and i say yes to everything and if i say yes to something it fits in the cosmic jigsaw um and so yeah so i've been leading people through that journey new moon to full moon to new moon 
with the quarters, working with people's tides of power. So your tide of power is where you were born um, on that moon phase, which is really interesting because as a, a, a bit of an alchemist, I would always try and make potions on the full moon and it never would work. But then come the last quarter, I was charged and da da da. And then I did um, some work with Franchelle, who you, you've worked with, Sarah. And uh, she's like, told us our heart of power. And sure enough, I'm the last quarter into the darkness of the moon kind of lady, which is quite shamanic. Um, so, yeah, I so yeah, do the tarot and I do the uh, re entry and I do the cleansers. And the other thing that's just starting to ignite now, which is like, I was thinking about it today as I was, I was gardening. Um, I try to get into my garden before I start work just to ground myself because there's a lot of computer time. Um, is this kind of third eye work that I've always loved, which is the sort of guided meditations. And um, and last, no, last year, was it last year or the year before, maybe two years ago, I felt this calling and I was like, oh, what's that? And it was a calling to another woman who was in Australia. And I said, Here, you, you and I should meet online and, and meditate because when I meditate, I can see you. And she's like, yeah. So we got together, we started meditating together and anchoring in from our whenua, the land, and we could connect our land through our consciousness and see each other in, in sort of this energetic form. And um, so I was called to this, to create this thing called the Emerald Temple. And it was a space out of space, out of, um, a, an imaginal space. So we get we got together for two years, me and this woman and another group of women, and we got together and we would sit on a Zoom call and we would dream. Um, we would dream it together and we would dream in this place called the Emerald Temple. And um, it's so interesting. Now that the language of the metaverse is hitting, you know, like I, I just listened to a podcast on the metaverse um, and I was like, huh. Isn't that interesting? It's like, that's what I'm talking about. The language is catching up. So when I say to people, I'm a vision keeper of the future, let's sit down together and dream what we want to see. The language of, of culture is almost there where people can go, oh yeah, okay, yes. I definitely should be doing that. I definitely am in on that trip. Um, so that's the most exciting thing at the moment. Can yeah. you say a little bit more about the metaverse? Because I know in IT land, metaverse is Facebook, WhatsApp, Instagram, mm. that kind of thing. I'm ta taking that your definition of the metaverse is not that. Well, okay. So I was talking about that metaverse. Oh. But what, what, they, what they are doing is they're taking us out of this, right? The idea is to take you out of this and into a universe that's created by them out right. of nature and into all those sci-fi sci novels that I yeah. read when I was a teenager. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> which is kind of utopian, uh, dystopian, right? You know, there's this kind of social glorified dysfunction that we're doing that's heading us towards this really fucking dysfunctional place. The podcast I was listening to was called The Body as the Metaverse, and it was um, from The Emerald. Have you heard of The Emerald podcast? Oh, my God. Oh my God, honestly. Um, it's all right to. Highly recommended then? <laughs> yeah, highly recommend, highly recommend that one, honestly. Yes. Um, yeah, and what he was, he was, he was saying is, you know, like actually we've always had access to a metaverse um, through our rituals and ancient cultural stories and. Um, sort of imaginal spaces of, of narratives and stuff, but they were always accessed through the body. And what the other thing that he was saying was like, you know, this metaverse that these people want to create doesn't uh, do anything for the body or anything for the consciousness at all. It's just like a, an addiction, a low grade addiction. Totally mind based. Totally mind based. Um, but I'm, I mean, the mind interests me, right? Because when I go inside my body, and my third eye, you know, I'm looking with consciousness inside interception, inside my body. I see shit. I see colors and I see lights and I can see the synapses firing in my brain. I can see where thoughts are residing. Um, wow. So it's kind of real, you know, this, this imaginal space, this capacity to see 
uh, almost psychedelic experience is is real and what happens if we dream together you know because that emerald city that we created we created that it exists and they say that not no information in the universe is ever lost so that's why things are eternal like so that emerald city is information that was created and will never be lost it's a thing so is that where the wizard of oz came from the emerald uh oh, well um well it wasn't maybe no. i mean i mean i just i just called it the emerald temple and sometimes i call it the emerald city because of i get confused and go but maybe to- someone else could see that when they were writing like that's yes. that's the thing it's like elizabeth gilbert's book big magic where she talks yes. about the thoughts and the creative ideas coming out and then she didn't take one then she met someone who wrote a novel that was pretty much very so on par with what she'd had the idea and hadn't followed mm. through and it's like i'm running a dream course uh that that is finishing up um before this podcast comes out and I put it out there to the universe and then I noticed three other people in my network were also running online courses on a Monday night and I was like hmm I guess we all got the memo I mean that's a but the Emerald City maybe I mean there's lots of emeralds there's the Hermes Trismegistus there's the emerald relationship there as well I mean there's a whole heap of stuff that's meant to be quite a powerful stone isn't it yeah yeah and um, uh, the idea of creating an emerald temple was to create a space where we could go and create things. Um, so my next journey, well, the first journey was to create a healing orb. And I was like, what? <laughs> What's a healing orb? Okay, <laughs> we'll see. And I, you know, it was just like, that was that was what landed. Like go to the Emerald Temple, take some people there and create a healing orb. Well, I tell you, it took us a year to do it. It was one of the most magical things. So after we do the journey, we come back and we sit in circle and we share. And everyone has like the mo- has did have the most mind blowing experience. Like I could feel this. Like my heart was going like this, and then there was this like blue color or whatever. You know, like everyone had a really far out experience. Um, and so next time I'm being called, this, the next journey, uh, I'm being called to dragon. So I don't even know what that means. But but I do think that what you were saying about the, the sort of collective consciousness, without a doubt, is so real. You know, and, and for a lot of time in my life, I got, to, I got to the point, like I would receive ideas all the time and they'd be million dollar ideas. Every day there'd be a million dollar idea that that with with my uh, brain capacity as it was, I couldn't do anything with that. Um, but then subsequently someone else would come up with that same idea. And I'm like, cool, that's cool. It's being it's happening. Um, and I believe that sometimes I literally am a receptacle for information landing, getting just down to here on Earth, you know? It's there. I do, oh. and I, I know where your Mercury is in your birth chart, and it's in its double strength, and it doesn't surprise me whatsoever that you've got this vision keeper of the future because Mercury can really send those bolts of intuition and, like, lightning as well as kind of having the logic. And uh, and you've asked me about Mercury before, and, and that's I can hear it in what you're telling me that you can sense and kind of you get those downloads, and it's... Mm. I go, oh, yeah, that's your Mercury. Mm, yeah, well, that's why I was asking because, you know, the tarot was going Mercury, 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 and I could feel it. You know, finally I had this kind of language around a somatic experience of, you know, like like we said, like Mercurial, download. Those are two words that are like, you know, current words that we can use. Most people kind of get what we're talking about. But I felt, I felt, I feel like a lot of the time I don't need to action a lot of the shit that I come up with. Because just embodying it uh, anchors it into Earth, and then it's in the Earth space. So that's why, you know, Monday's a, Monday's a great night to do something. Yep, Monday's a great, yes, I feel it. We all feel it, <laughs> you mm. know. <laughs> what I found in, uh, fascinating uh, talking with some of the people I've been doing the dream work with is, and I've met more than two of them where they dream and then someone else dreams and they're talking to each other in the dreams and then they talk about it in real life and they both recall having had the discussion in the dreams and that reminds me of your metaverse 
and I go, wow, that's so cool. Wouldn't it be cool to do that? And I go, oh, well, you know, I'm here to do what the universe is, what I'm here to do for the universe and, and that sense of purpose that I have too. Um, but, you know, grass is always greener, hey? Things sound cool. <laughs> but, yeah, perfectly here as me. Yeah. 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 So with your the Emerald Temple work that you were doing, was that uh was that in twenty twenty, twenty one, was that that time? Uh no well yeah. Yeah. Twenty yeah, that's when it that's when it landed. Yeah. I just I noted that that's actually when your astrological midlife ended. Oh, thank God the Lord and praise oh, Jesus. Oh, yeah, before all those lockdowns. Lucky you. <laughs> I had the best lockdowns, honestly. Me and nature, high five. Me and my kid were like, tra-la-la. It was awesome. I just loved it. I was like, yeah, this is how it should be. I actually do have fond memories of walking to the beach, all those beach walks and all those sunrises and going, oh, I wish I hadn't moved across the uh, across the way. <laughs> I could have still had those in the next lockdown. Um, but yeah, you had quite a long midlife. Um, you had like a, a bunch of year, like a, a, f- a few years, and then a bit of a break, and then the the rest of it. I mean, midlife it's just it's different for everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, and then yeah, I noticed that it finished like just as we locked down in 2020. That's really interesting. Wow. What would that have, so it sounds like from what you've told me that in that time and that what stemmed from the lockdowns was that you kind of found that more of your purpose and what you're meant to be doing from that time. Yeah, 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 definitely. I mean, you know, doing your purpose is, is really scary shit. (laughs) <laughs> like like doing what you're actually here to do it takes a lot of courage um and i find that i every day um i'm scared out of my mind like even you know talking to you about some of the stuff that we're talking to you about that we're talking about it's like for a long time to even mention that yeah i'd have to be so brave to actually say what i believe about the world and to the world um but yeah, I mean, I think, I mean, for me, the biggest thing is that I dropped into deeper cycles. Lockdown gave me that capacity to just let go um, of of what should be and really listen to how it could be. Um, and I'm still doing that. Like, you know, I'm trying to stop. I'm trying to slow down. I'm still trying to slow down. Um, you know, Sarah knows me. I've got white hair. I've had white hair. I, my hair started turning white when I was 21. I thought it was blonde. Yeah, no, it's just, that's just pretend. Um, and that's because I've had this nervous system that's been constantly being bombarded and d- without without regulation in this world that is do, 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 faster, mm-hmm. faster, more, more, more. And I'm really trying to just, how can I do heaps like all the shit that I want to do but how can I do it in a way that's really soothing and and slow just slowing down yeah I can relate to that lesson yeah hey I think we all can in this day and age but I tell you what it doesn't surprise me that I had a long midlife because far out man life has been ginormous I've had such a ginormous life you know, starting off as a mum, you know, I've just become an adult and then I'm a mum and then it's like, okay, just, 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 you know, life, life's huge. <laughs> you know, it's really big. It's been really yeah. big. And I feel like I'm finally in a place where I can, I've got a bit of power back, you know, a little bit of power and a little bit of clarity and um, confidence in the world's caught up. But yeah, the, that midlife was quite intense. Mm, I did note when I was looking at your chart that <clears throat> you've just been through a time in the last year or so where um, where these are really beautiful kind of transit. Uh, yeah, where Jupiter comes back to where Jupiter was when you were born, and and it's mm. all about like optimism and um, yeah, benevolence and big big happy. <laughs> 
yeah jupiter thank you <laughs> i'm hanging out <laughs> other yeah. things along the way of course because there's always the planets have this dance with us and i mean i do like to think of um in the the uh in human design of uh which is another one that i had had an episode about mm-hmm. another modality and and i remember saying to christine spicer uh what about the transits and the planets and the impact on us? And we talked about midlife according to human design as well. And she said, well, if you follow your strategy and authority, then the planets don't have as much impact on you. And I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, okay, there's my homework. Mm-hmm. Take out that experiment and how can I live with the prompts that come instead of overriding them with my mind, which mm-hmm. many of us do but um mm-hmm. yeah I, yeah if you want to know more about human design and strategy and authority <laughs> listeners that's uh that's uh episode christine spicer yeah eight, we did eight, i believe she was yeah she she was also in the episode that we did together yes the eclipse um, special the panel yeah, yeah she's a lovely woman yeah now that's a really interesting point because um then you start becoming the creator right um, so I teach a lot from classical Tantra and Ahankara, which is the constructed self. Uh, Ahankara is the name for the constructed self. And I was teaching about the constructed self before I even found the word Ahankara, but now I have a name for it, which I love for classical Tantra. It's sort of giving me this sp- right. How do you spell that? Uh, it's A-H-U-N-K-A-R-A, Ahankara. Oh. And it gave and you a framework. The- yeah, it's the, so Ahankara is what I call the, the um, constructed self. And I believe our constructed self is uh, our, it's astrology, it's karma, it's social, and it's genetic. <clears throat> so it's our personality, right? Which is our interface for the world, which is very handy because otherwise we'd just be like, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> you know, lying on the ground going, how the fuck do I do this? As for, and I like, my pers- <laughs> I like my personality. I, you know, like I'm quite, quite enamored of it. Um, but that said, it comes with all of its pitfalls, right? You know, it, 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 um, can be strong and it has a life force and it does anchor into our physical body. And ultimately we are here to experience, uh, a trans, mm, a liberation, I say transcendence, but a liberation within the physical being, right? So, uh, I think it's there is a point where we claim authority beyond our ego. We claim uh, the will in, and um, and that's that's where magic starts happening. You know, when we go, okay, I am a creative being, and I focus my intention on my desire, and lo, look what happens. Um, you know, shit starts to get magical, um, you know, and I, I, I really believe that we're kept purposefully in, in our constructed being, you know, we, we play to our ego, even going to school that, you know, the system of us and them and better than and success and all of these things that we measure ourselves with are very egoic based. And I think that's because as soon as we realize our power, as soon as we stand into our authority, our sovereignty with our will, we're just going to fucking blow this shit to pieces. And, and I mean that in a good way. It's like, you know, we've been held to ransom as human beings by magicians, dark magicians <laughs> with their glamour for a very long time. And it's like, it's time at the detriment of everything and it's really time to take that power back and that taking that power back is claiming that that sovereignty and that identity of being a powerful creative being and i'm kind of hoping that that's what you know the emerald temple will do the cleansers will do is just create space within people to disidentify with the mind disidentify with the ego um activate the will um, start visualizing potential and start creating that potential. I yeah. get so excited. <laughs> right? It really does excite me. Yeah. And I really love 
what you said, well, not exactly what's happening, but um, how you described the dark magicians. Yeah, motherfuckers. <laughs> Honestly, when COVID hit and I was watching that friend argue with that friend about that bullshit, I was just like, you know what? I'm off the stage. Like, you guys, I'm just going to let you guys know that you're on the stage and you're performing your roles beautifully. I'll be over here writing another script about another world where this shit doesn't, is a faint memory. And and I use that sort of metaphor a lot. And a lot of people were, were like, oh, hang on, you're kind of right. I might actually jump off the stage with you. And, and you know, and it was great because, you know, like the dark magicians, we all know who they are. Like, you know, we know, we, well, I don't know if we know exactly who they are, but we know that, what is occurring on the planet right now is not the great plan. This is some petulant child in the sandbox wanting all the fucking toys um, and, you know, and shitting in the sandbox for everybody else. It's like, nah, you know what? Your time's done because you're just, you know, like your, your capacity to create is exactly the same as my capacity to create and your capacity to create. So I remember it must have been five, six, maybe seven years ago. Um, and we mentioned Franchelle before, and I've got her booked in for a later podcast. Um, and I remember being on retreat and and there was talk of, yeah, the light and the dark and that on the spirit level, the dark has already been overcome with the light. Um but it all needed to play out. And so when all this stuff started in the last couple of years, I was like, hmm, maybe this is the playing out. And all Franchel seemed to say was, it's the birth pangs of a new race. Mm. I think that was her uh, her husband, Tony, who said that, described it as such. So well, it's it's exciting times. We're, we're on the cusp. It is really exciting, but it's also like really hard for a lot of people. Totally. And I just, my heart goes out to so many people who like you know just don't even know you know they just don't even know that you know just locked down in in this like i said before you know we, we've created a, a society that glorifies dysfunction and we've just got people so locked up in dysfunction and these you know these I mean, just any any bad shit. Like someone who beeps at you, gives you the fingers. It's just like that person is locked in their dysfunction. That's why I love also working with the body as well. Is because you know I believe that we can unlock dysfunction in the physical form, which you know the mind and the body. You know they're, they're almost the same thing. Um, yeah, it just breaks my heart because I want everyone. You know, I want everyone on this ride. It's like you know, as I think it was. Muhammad Ali said, um, as long as one of us is not free, none of us are free. Mm. And and then Khalil Gibran said, no one is higher than the highest or lower than the lowest. You know, so we are all that serial killer. We are that crackhead. We are that crying mum. We are that um we are that dark magician, you know? Like I'm pretty sure I've given someone the fingers, but usually it was when I was on my bicycle in Auckland in the traffic. <laughs> someone <laughs> yes. cut me off. Arr! I mean, we all have that. And yeah, I mean, I guess what I'm thinking while you're talking is what do we what do we say to the people who might be listening to the podcast and they're feeling in there, you know, when your mind's you're completely strung out, you're struggling, you know, there's another way. What's what's the advice oh man so when my son came to me first time with depression he's smart though you know i mean i imagine that your listeners are probably all quite smart <clears throat> i said to him google depression a google solving depression make a list try them out see what works and then make your map and whatever works and gets you out of it will will be your map for next time because you will be here again and um he did and I remember one time I came to him and I was like, oh, Jesus, it's so hard. And he goes, where's your map, mum? And I was like, mm, touche, hombre, touche. Um, but my, I guess, you know, like, it's, it's, it's water. It's drinking water. It's moving your body. 
it's going to nature it's asking for a hug it's stalking fear, getting uncomfortable and realizing that that's your place of growth. You know, there's kind of layers to it. Like take care of the fundamental foundations, like look after your physical body, ditch coffee, uh, she says. <laughs> if I have coffee, I'm, I'm, I'm a mess. Um, you know, take out the shit that, that you know isn't good for you. Start introducing the things that are good for you. And then start looking at the sort of more insidious, take that personal journey to know who you are. You know, like I've isolated my, I don't have a friendship network around me. I don't get enough touch. And I was like, oh man, you know, I'm so sad. <laughs> I want my kid. And I said to my kid, oh, cuddle me. And she's like, get a boyfriend, mom. And I'm like, oh, okay, I got a boyfriend. And I was like, what is that? What is this? What is this? This is a human need for touch. So I'm like, okay. And I started creating hairbrushing circles so I could get safe touch and share safe touch with other people. It's like, you know, start talking to people who know more than you do about shit. You know, that's like, I love, I've got a teacher and a mentor at the moment. She knows more than I do. Fantastic. I'm like, oh, you know, it's like, I like not being the, the smartest person in the room because I can learn stuff. So, you know, humble yourself, go, go learn some shit from some cool people. Listen to Russell Brand. He's hilarious. Um, <laughs> topical. Topical. <laughs> hilarious. Very, very topical and hilarious. Um, yeah, that's what I'd say. And or make juice. a map because you don't and, have to do it all at the same time. But I think oh, the first few fundamentals that you said is, yeah, drink water, eat well, get outside. And I think. We and have a hug. And have a hug. Yeah. Have a hug. Yeah. Because if you reach out to people, go, hey. I'd really appreciate some hu a hug or some hugs. Mm -hmm. Generally, people are all too happy to comply, right? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and you never know when you're actually meeting another need and another person, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, though, I know that when you're in like a, a dark spot, reaching out is like probably the hardest so hard. thing, and it's only easy to reach out once you kind of hit rock bottom and coming back up. Yeah. So, I guess you start with getting outside and getting off the couch because I know that you know watching Netflix or whatever is is uh is a good form of escapism yeah it was interesting I watched I was I had a yeah like I said last week I had a bit of a crash with capacity and um I was did the gardening thing in the morning and I was listening to um, something about Robin Williams last last few days or something and I stopped myself and I'm like why am I consuming this content? And it's like, oh, because this is mirroring where I'm at. So that's always interesting. Like just check what your mirrors are. You know, what are you consuming? What are you consuming? Like mm. what, is, what are you putting into your body, into your mind, into your being? Um, and is that a reflection of how you're feeling? And, you know, there's no point in, in judging. I mean, I actually really, no, I'm not going to say like, but, those dark places those really dark places that i've been in my psyche have taught me so much great teachers great teachers you know like um especially now that i've got this sort of bigger vocabulary of of um somatic visualization right you know because i can get down the bottom like last last time i was down there i could feel and see how I had actually physically wound myself up in an energetic cocoon where I couldn't actually, people couldn't, they could hug me, but there was energetically, I wasn't able to receive it. That's what I saw. That's what I knew. That was my truth, right? So when I came out of it, I was like, oh, fuck. I'm so glad that I went to that place because now I can start working on um, literally dissolving that cocoon that's around me because I really need that flow of energy so you know there's there's gold there's gold in the shit <laughs> you know there's gold even in the darkest places there's light even in the darkest places but you know oh and good water can I just just state that it's like drink good water like you know I teach cleansers and people go what do you mean by good water isn't tap water good water and I'm like oh man <laughs> no <laughs> it's terrible it's it's like 
like I could cry when I think about tap water, what we do to water, water, water. Oh my God. Anyway, that's a whole nother. So if you have a spring near you, go get some spring water, but not everyone has that luxury. No, but you can, um, you know, there's there's lots of rainwater. I mean, every time it rains, I stick a bowl outside and, you know, have a guzzle. If you live in the main centres, there's always um, swappable water, recyclable water things. Um, Always make sure that you try and get like a a mineral one. Um, And think about where it comes from. So I get Awa water, which comes from Riverhead. And then there's Ararimu water, which comes from South Auckland. And they both taste different. And they've both got a different energy. And sometimes I crave the different energy. And also when we go traveling, we always have a a bottle in the back and we never fill it up with, um, we never fill it up from the tap. We're always, you know, looking, talking. I did a, actually did a water journey in 2014. I took my daughter for a, a year in a camper van around um, to Maui, um, the North Island of New Zealand. Wow. Just that, that just, was the year off. That was your year off that you didn't have your midlife transits. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Thank the Lord, I'm out of here. Because <laughs> it went for nine years, but you had that year off. <laughs> oh my God, that makes so much sense. It felt like it too. It felt like, oh, it felt like escape, like we escaped. And we just went to springs and rivers and we sang to oceans and it was amazing. I can't believe that that was, that's hilarious. Yeah, yeah. So, so yeah. Talking about, the water you can swap in I just want to clarify that doesn't include supermarket water it's more going to organic stores that yeah. do swaps with spring yeah. water containers yeah. right yeah. yeah and it's just it's just worth it you know like I mean I once you know once you know what you'll never go back ever um and I remember one time um I'll just say this out loud but I remember one time I was tripping and I was standing looking over Tamaki Makoto and like, if you know me, like I just love everybody. Like that, actually that's on my headstone. Who am I? On my headstone and I've got a tattoo. It says, she loves everybody. And that was a quote from my son. And he said that and I burst into tears because I was like, if I could live that for the rest of my life. Anyway, I'm standing on this mountain looking over Tamaki, just thinking about all the people and all of the houses and how much I love all of them and how sad I was because I could feel so much pain and it just dropped in. They're all just thirsty. And I was like, oh my God, it was the revelation. When you go to drink from the tap, right? You go to put it to your mouth, your body knows there's poison in there, fluoride. It's poison. It's poison. Poison. Your body goes, I don't want that. So I'm going to have juice instead. Juice is really expensive. So now fuck that. I'm going to have fizzy drinks instead. I'm going to have like 99, 1.5 liter of green fizzy drink, whatever it is. Which is also poison. Which is also poison, right? So you drink that then your biome in your body starts to switch over into being addicted to sugar, right? And then your whole body is started to wire, be wired for stimulation. So then comes coffee and then you're like, okay, yeah, but I need something else. Then comes alcohol, which has also got all of the sugary stuff in it. And then do you know how easy it is to just go, oh, cracks, awesome. Cause it makes me feel like sugar, but more. And it's like all of these addictions that are absolutely eating our, our us away and look we're the privileged few like okay, when did you last see someone who was addicted to crack mm, no exactly. idea no idea but it's fucking everywhere in this country and we're just privileged because we don't see it because we live in these beautiful natural places and anyway but the progression is and, and i was just sitting there just going and these is everyone no matter where they're at on that spectrum is fucking thirsty and i reckon that if we had good water flying from our taps we wouldn't have crackheads uh, and i mean that's my theory <laughs> and i'm maybe to we'll it. get a chance to test that out you're yeah. the vision keeper of the future yeah, clearly well, you you have said it yeah 
yeah if i've said it if i've imagined it then it's potential potential right yeah. it's possible i just um yeah i mean a water you just man honestly you know the water the water that we've got on the planet is the same water that we've had for like as long as there's been water it's the same water wow yeah it's the same water so it's the water in my tea is billions and billions and billions of years old so and in our blood yeah in our blood and then it's also got a memory right so this cup of tea potentially if we didn't like you, you know when it goes through the um sorry i'm getting really excited about this <laughs> but when it goes through through the the cleansing process up at the filtering station here like they absolutely destroy the water destroy it they 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 knock it, they kick it, they pull it, they pollute it, and then they give it to us. And so we get this kind of water that's this shape of dysfunction. It's like, you know, a water, sh a water should look and feel like bliss. So that's the, um, the Japanese guy, Matsuro Emoto. Yeah. Who, I mean, you could do <clears throat> that experiment at home by taking a jar of tap water and a jar of spring water and I don't know leaving it there for a while and tasting the difference I guess you need the microscope to be able to see all the the amazing kind of water crystal crystal like structures like he's got and the more Spock. sensitive you get to it like the more you can feel it you know like I've felt it by water since I was about 18 you are I've drunk filtered water since I was about 18, but yeah. like, it's, yeah, getting the spring water is way better. Yeah, well, I grew up on a farm, so like when I came to the city, I'd be like, oh, your water tastes gross. And um, and that was it, you know, like, like I said, it was such a gift growing up where I did because that was one of the gifts is that I knew what good water tasted like. And, ah, oh, you know, you just, it, it's all got different flavors and you can feel it when it's mineral rich, you know, you can feel your body just go, <sighs> I guess the testers get COVID, <laughs> like, you know, really get your body desperately like on the edge and then have a drink of mineral water or a tap water and that will, you know, or food poisoning, get food poisoning and have, you, have your two things and go, which one is going to nourish me? And then you'll know. Or just clean your body, like clean your body to a point where it, actually that said, you know, I think it's really important for your listeners to know that like, you know, I'm not squeaky clean, eh, Sarah? Well, who is? Well, I mean... you know, just, yeah, I'm a bit of a, <laughs> a bit of a badass, like I've had a, a life of, you know, badassness. Um, so I'm not, <laughs> so I'm not like, you know, I'm not that. I'm not Clearly, you drink a bit of coffee from what you alluded to, and you know that's okay. I mean, yeah, yeah, and we're I'm human. A, we're human, and, and we binge, do our best. Binge alcoholic, so like I don't drink, and if I do, I drink hard, and if I do, I will smoke all of your cigarettes, and you know, like it's, I'm not that 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 picture perfect, unattainable person. I'm just little old me, just like little old you, just on the journey, doing what I can when I can, and and um. No pedestals here. No, there's no pedestals, and, and and no one should be on a pedestal. You know, like again, glorified dysfunction, like what we've you know mm. put as we, what we should be like is just such bullshit. We should just be exactly like we are. So, if someone wanted to say come and cleanse with you, yeah, or go on a tarot journey or something, how would they find you? Um, close your eyes. <laughs> Imagine an emerald temple. Imagine an emerald temple. Go into the temple and call my name. Oh, and wear red shoes and click them three times together and say there's no place like home. Yes. Yes. Or <laughs> you can just <laughs> or you can just find me uh, you know, around on Instagram or on my website, my joy body, but you know, um or so, your socials, my joy body, but you've also got a website, right? Yeah, my joy body. Everything's my joy body. Myjoybody.com. Um I I actually have just been thinking, and I don't know when this will come out, but like if somebody quotes it from this, of doing um doing a free 30 minute process with um 
some of your listeners if they'd like so they can book that in with me through my joy body so it's just a little 30 minutes going into the body feeling your shit and watching how your 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 shit wants to resolve itself and that's what we call doing a process and it's pretty amazing so quite happy to offer that out to I'll have like two 30 minutes slots on a Monday if, if you're interested. Cool. So Monday, New Zealand time, and yeah. you can get in touch with Annalise, uh, myjoybody.com. And I think that's, that's the nicest way because then, you know, we can eyeball each other and get a vibe, you know. And which... that's your kind of like prize for listening to this far into the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Although you're sitting there thinking, oh, no, it's almost over damn that was so much fun <laughs> that's all right you can uh, you can look up Annalise on other podcasts um yeah. there, there's there's at least two other episodes that I'm aware of there might be more yeah and maybe yeah well thanks Sarah yeah thanks so much we've kind of gone everywhere into emerald temples and oh wow just just great thanks so much for joining us on unraveling midlife to unravel we did unravel a little bit of your midlife and yeah uh, we did we worked out those lovely little aha moments which is i love the aha moments you know what was i saying before about the um the cosmic jigsaw puzzle aha there's a piece put that in so may mercury continue to give you all sorts of mercurial inspiration oh without a doubt it's 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 it is set in stone that one today's music is an impromptu piece recorded at the amazing tohara center in the central north island of new zealand it has a long and rich history when compared with uh, other retreat centres in New Zealand and many memories and influences for me with the varied retreats that have been life-changing. I chose some te reo Māori words to sing. It's in a fairly classical voice style and a cappella. They are they are ayo peace Aroha, love, core, joy, and pono, truth. These words are key in the song Dr. Rangimarie Turuki Rose Pere taught to many of us in her song Aio Kiteao Rangi. I've linked a video in the show notes of Fire Rose leading this with hundreds of people. It's really powerful. I also found while I was finding this and reading the um what's written next to the video that it's really important to sing the words in the correct order and that goes for her song that she taught so many of us both here and around the world um in Aioki Taurangi uh but I managed to sing them in what you're about to hear slightly out of order so I'm hoping that she can forgive me from wherever her soul now resides since leaving the physical and I will be sure to be taking careful note of the word order when I'm singing in future.
Unraveling Midlife is brought to you from Aotearoa, New Zealand by www.sarahmarlowspence.com Theme music is by Sarah Marlow Spence and Saraswati Marie Willis and art by Samantha Hepburn. <laughs>